Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. We give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shindu in the building, and today we don't have no special guests, but it's our first podcast of 2024. A lot of good things going on. How you doing, Blue? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Awesome. This year's been good to you so far? Yeah, it's been uh, interesting for sure. Um, 2023 was actually one of the best years of my life. Really? One of the best and hardest years of my life. What, in what so many it, different ways. <laughs> well, what's uh, one of the biggest highlights you can you want to talk about? I was on the beach in Orlando, Florida for my birthday. And I just finally realized, wow, I made it this far all the way across to Florida. And it was awesome. So, yeah. You had a good time in Florida? Yeah, I'm really happy for that. Nice. Last last year wasn't too, wasn't too bad for me, I don't think, either. It was a pretty good year. Um, it was eventful, a lot of ups and downs. And um, just... It was just a pretty solid year, just work, kids, you know, all the nice. good stuff. Yeah. As far as the tribe, what's going on? What's going on right now in 2024? We got some, <laughs> we got some cool things. For one, yesterday we had the um, New Mexico All Star Game. It was our our, our basketball All Stars played. We had a uh, one attend that I know of. It was um, Angela Rocha, and apparently I heard. I, I didn't see or like, um, I didn't know about this until just like a little bit ago. He broke his finger. And, oh wow and i guess his dad told him like pop it back into place like wow <laughs> like in the middle of the game he he popped it back in place and kept playing so um kudos to you Angelo. and he still finished the game he still finished the wow. game um, but big um, shout out to angelo Rocha. as far as like the accomplishments go um i think in the next episode i'm gonna do a little bit more better uh, a little bit better job organizing like some of his accomplishments yeah. and then maybe we can get more accomplishments for some of the other big shout um, out to players. them man yeah. so the, i guess so Along with that, for their football, uh, Angelo Rocha, Darius Wheeler, Caden Comanche, and Landon Hiles, they made all district for football. That's pretty right, amazing. Right. Big, big shout out to them. Yeah, but... Congratulations. Uh, like I said again, I think in the next episode, we'll do yeah. a better compiled list, I think, Definitely. of all their achievements. Because uh, there was a... I, I started get, um, thinking about it, and I think there's more, there's more of the... Muscular Chiefs that have like Absolutely. some of the we need to we need to try to get to before that. We definitely want them on here. We're gonna be doing these podcasts more and more. So you're doing something good in Mescalero to all our listeners. This is the podcast for you. Yeah. Speaking of that, congratulations to everybody at the inauguration, man. It was an awesome time. There was a we had a great people. Congratulations to our new administration. Big round of applause for all them. It was great to see everybody there. Speaking of that. You had a big role in that, didn't you, Blue? Yeah, it was um, really interesting. I got a, I had the chance or the the opportunity to uh, be the master of ceremonies for this 2024 inauguration. Yeah, and um, definitely very nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, never, I've never done anything like to that on that kind of scale before. Um, but you know, I just, I, I guess I just did a good job. You and, did a great job. Yeah, I got a lot of a, pra- a lot of like praise for it and. Oh. Um, even I kind of impressed myself, I guess, a little bit. Whenever it was over, I was like, "Well, I didn't really uh, make too many mistakes, and it went it went as good as you can ask for." Like in, for for me, you made my... it look too easy. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> so, it. Great job, man! That was awesome. Yeah, I was real. Um, I was nervous, but I was really excited. I, I knew it was going to be a good opportunity for me. Thora had um, asked me if I could, you know, play that position. And I took it very serious and I tried to just, you know, do my best. But when she asked, I was like, wow, this is going to be like life changing, you know, Yeah. just that event alone. Um, so I just like to thank her for having the confidence in me to, you know, she trusted me with that mm-hmm. role. So that's a big I role. I just wanted to thank her for that. So speaking of that, has, has, uh, Thora asked you to do anything else for the tribe. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what everybody's kind of <laughs> yeah, wanting, wanting to know and wanting to hear yeah. and, uh, I've gotten a, lot, a ton of phone calls and a ton of people 
kind of giving me their um their support which is very nice i'm very humble about this you know um for those of you who don't know i've been asked to uh submit like my resume and stuff and and they they looked at uh maybe what would qualify me to be in this position but Mm -hmm. i got um, nominated to assume the tribal administrator role for the tribe um so that that's a big responsibility that, that i plan on taking very seriously um there were you know the, the some of the things that led up to this i was um i just got to give like a lot of thanks to everybody who, who voted for me who nominated me who spoke highly of me in this mm-hmm. situation um i wasn't I wasn't really looking to get into politics, you know, or I wasn't really looking to get into any like leadership role like this at all, like for the tribe. And so when I was asked, like if I'd be interested in, I was like, of course, like I would love to do that, you know, and and have a chance to to lead and to to serve. Yeah. Um, But I I just, I never thought this. I never really, and, and I never fathomed like having a position like this, you know. So uh, very humble, humbling to have support like I do. There's that's great. So, hold on, let's back up a little bit. So this is your official announcement that Thora has appointed you to be a tribal administrator. Yes, and the from my understanding, whenever um, there's whenever someone's up to be kind of picked for this position, yes, you got to have a vote uh, from the tribal council as well. And um, of course, you know, I'm sure Thora had. A large part of the say you know and the vice president and you know there has to be a conversation about it so um it's not just like one decision it's like oh i'm gonna pick this person um they they do talk about it they do meet on it and they will go over potential um nominees yeah so you know again just thank you to everyone who voted for me i really appreciate that vote so and- for the listeners that don't know what is the exact what's a tribal administrator uh, it's it basically is kind of like what's like the simplest way to put it even like i'll be honest like even now i still have to go sit through like some trainings and i have to sit with um the current tribal administrator and get like an exact like like a precise um i guess definition of what my job is yeah but you know if as simply as i can put it i'll oversee basically a lot of the departments that that run in the tribe like all the working departments that we have and mm-hmm. i'll work like in it's kind of it's kind of got to be like a big team role i'll work with the the directors and stuff of like you know housing or um i'll work with sometimes it'll come down to maybe like someone will be waiting outside the office and they they want to talk to me about a problem they're having or yeah maybe something that they're curious about about with work and stuff so um it's kind of like i'm gonna be doing a lot of serving i'm gonna do a lot of listening um, I'll be working and trying to get like the, a real better understanding mm-hmm. whenever I get there. Um, I don't know everything fully and I admit it, you know. But um, you're going into training for that right now, right? Yeah, there's be some like trainings at the at the, the end that you have to attend. There's like a lot of, um, I guess, like there's like a little breakdown, like an agenda. Okay. It's going to be like five days worth, I think, of training. And I'm pretty sure all the other um, tribal council members that just got elected, I think yeah. they're going to... So um, I think there's going to be, be a few of us in those classes and stuff. You kind of um, get up to speed on like, I saw one section, I think it was like um, the structure of the government, I think. I see. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, subjects in there that I got to go over. and That's um, awesome. So yeah. you said earlier that uh, people had to vote you in for this position. Who voted voted for you exactly? Well, I don't, um, I wasn't like behind the, the doors. I didn't see like how it happened or like if it was just even a vote or if it's even like a nominee a nomination like a nomination Uh and they just like discuss like all the names that they're that they're hoping on like getting into that position yeah so i really don't know but i considered it like taking like everyone's vote because i assume you know everyone there has to have confidence you know to do the position and Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure you know if like more than like half of all the people like the council and the president vice president i'm sure if they all voted against you or like didn't want you I keep saying vote, but I don't know if there's an official vote. But like, if they um, weren't like favoring you, I'm sure you probably wouldn't get so the council. Position. The council voted for you, right? Uh, from my understanding, that- yeah, they all like talk about it and like I like I said, I wasn't behind like the yeah. doors. Like I don't know, like if it was like an official like voting like situation or how it went down. I just I went in there and um, I just know that you know they when they addressed me when I first 
um, went into the council chambers, they they all told me like how they felt about me and um, what type of confidence like they had that I could do the job and stuff like that. So they kind of give you a rundown of like why they think you're fit for the position. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, that's just kind of like simply like how it went, you know. Awesome. So so um, what make, makes you qualify? Why do you think they picked you? What makes you qualify for this job? Um, I would like to think that my... For one, my degree had something to play. Oh, you have a degree, huh? Yeah, I have a degree in um, information engineering technology. So I I went to New Mexico State for five years, and um, that, that's just how long my program was. Um, but I graduated with a bachelor's in that. Uh, I have prior to that, I have five years in the Army with the 82nd Airborne Division. So I'm hoping, you know, like some of these things kind of play play a factor in. Um, but you know, you do submit a resume. They, they do look at all, they, they assess you thoroughly. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty proud to have been picked because it it says, you know, like you meet like a certain level of qualifications, I guess, you know, they, they had to have gone through it all. I did submit a resume, but um, yeah, so I have, I've been working with the inn also. Um, so I have a pretty good, a pretty deep understanding about a lot of the tribes, the way the tribes work, the tribes departments work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in IT, so I already had like a good chance to work with most of Mescalero. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to every department pretty regularly for the past two years Yeah, um, with the IT department over at the end. So I would spend time in four directions, spend time in the elderly center, then back to the community center. So I have a, I had a pretty good, I have a pretty good leg up in this position because i just already have like an understanding for a lot of like the needs of the departments yeah um so i'm hoping that'll kind of give me an edge in this position um but yeah so that that's kind of like my work experience but um if we take it even further back i was you know born and raised here in mescalero uh i i lived the first eight to ten years of my life in pena moved what over. was that like what was your childhood like in pena <laughs> it was fun we uh we lived kind of crazy. Were you as crazy as John Harrington? Uh, <laughs> shout out to John Harrington. Yeah, we were probably just as crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would leave and on my bike and take my little brother with me, and we'd spend time down at the Glossop's house, and we'd you know ride bikes and water balloon fights, and we'd just be outside all day um, throwing rocks and just having a good time, you know. And you went to school in Mescalero your whole life, right? I went to school in Mescalero. No, actually, I tried some different schools, oh, and really? I just didn't really fit in as well when i would leave mescalero school so i always found myself coming back to mescalero and uh-huh. i ended up graduating mescalero what year what did you graduate 2008 2008 yeah nice yeah. and then you attended you went to the army right up or the marine no, I, oh, army, I actually army. um i was so <clears throat> i worked a few jobs you know I, I, in high school i used to work in the boys and girls club when when robin simmons was the director down there and um i worked with some of my friends and including one of my best friends branson Mm-hmm. Um, Nog, we we had we yeah, worked. Big shout out to Nog. We had a yeah, his yellow. Twisted teas and antis. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> big shout out to Nog, though. Much love to Branson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we worked there, and uh, uh, you know he left to to Haskell, mm-hmm. and then I started working other places, and I worked um, I worked at a hotel in Rodoso one time, and didn't like that at all. And then I ended up at the EPA, and I actually worked for Thor before. Yeah, that's and, what she talked about last time on episode. Yeah, did and, you? I actually like secretly already um, had like a lot of respect for her because of mm-hmm. the way she carried herself over there. Oh, yeah. And she had everyone's respect at that in that department, you know, which was cool because a lot of the guys that cut in the DRMP, they um, kind of like a rough cut kind of guy, you know, it's it's a man's job, you know, um, cutting trees with a chainsaw all day. So um, it takes kind of a certain type of grit, you know, to have that job. And most of the guys respected her. It seemed like around me, I didn't see anyone that had like major complaints about her. Mm-hmm. And she was always very like respectful when she came by and she always like had on like some jeans and a vest and like a coffee mug or something, you know, she just yeah. seemed pretty down to earth. I, yeah. I had a lot of respect for her. I always wanted to like uh, find an excuse to kind of like go to her office and just kind of get a feel for her personality. But I, I never really did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, um, I worked in, I worked at the DRMP for a couple years and then, from there, that's whenever I signed up and I joined the army. What year was that? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. So yeah. you worked on DRMP, then straight to the army. How many yeah. years were you in the army for? For five. Five yeah. years. We did. I did two thousand ten to the beginning of two thousand sixteen. Wow. Yeah. So 
it did. I what think, are your some some of your most exciting and challenging times with the army? Um, I would say the very first time I left, that was hard because it's real hard to leave home, especially you've just been raised and we we grew up we grew up in Mescalero and we get real comfortable with the reservation and so it's that's the hardest part is just taking that first step and leaving. Yeah. So that was really hard. Um, and then overseas, you know, you 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 come across sometimes when you're deployed especially if you're in a combat mos there you know you push yourself and you push your limits so in there i actually got to test a lot of like my physical capability yeah and also being able to work under pressure and um, be stressed out but still be in command and things like that so it was a it was a difficult job at times and you know there's times when the job was easy Mm -hmm. and it wasn't too bad did you ever have any leadership roles when you were in the army i did um so when I first got there, I was, it was kind of like still a little bit of like the older days where you got hazed a lot and you got picked on a lot. And that that was kind of tough for me to adjust to because I always thought I was like somewhat of like, um, like a cool guy when I left the res. Like that's, that's who everyone is in the army. Like everybody's yeah. like the toughest guy from where they were from, you know, that's why they joined, you know? Uh-huh. So when I got there, I got humbled quick. And then I, I tried to take it like as best as I could. Cause I knew I was like, for one, these guys are going to know, like I'm some, some dude from the Mescalero Apache reservation and they're going to think my res is weak. You know? uh-huh. So I always carried a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like I had to prove myself because of where I was from. Yeah. And then I had this Geronimo tattoo of my arm. So they all knew, like, I was like, I have to do good here. So the first thing I did was I got really in shape because mm-hmm. they really respect like physical fitness. And then after I got in shape, I had proved a little bit of competency and a couple of like, um, practice like training exercises. Yeah, I, I took some leadership role like, like when I didn't have to, and they saw that, and so they just kind of took me in immediately. I guess they recognized potential, and um, so my my first boss, my first squad leader, his name was um, Staff Sergeant McKinsey. I'll never forget the first time I saw him. I was scared out of my life because he looks he has this look, man, like he's, he's just a scary guy really? and he's bald. I saw him coming out. Is of he the, like Stone Cold Steve Austin? Dude, he <laughs> has this death stare. I don't know how to describe it. When I first, I'm new. Imagine this, imagine this guy walking in the door. Yeah. He's covered in dirt. He's holding his helmet and he's holding his gun. It's wrapped around him already. Uh-huh. He's sweaty and he looks super angry. He's bald. He's like, maybe, I think he was like in his mid thirties or early thirties. I can't remember. And but, at this, at this time you're how old? Oh man, I was 18, 19. Shoot. 20, I think I was like 20, 20, 21. I can't remember. Yeah. So this, yeah, I think I was like 21. But um, <laughs> he comes in, he's all sweaty, he looks mad. And he, uh, my first encounter with my first um, boss at the time, he goes, Do you know where you're at? And I was like, uh, Yes, Sergeant. And he was like, Well, tell me where you are. And I just heard it once. I didn't really hear it that often. I, got dropped off at this place at night i seriously don't know how i remembered it but i was like i think i'm in the um the second uh or like is that what is it 2504 pir sergeant i was like guessing and he was like okay and he goes up to the guy next to me because i got there with one other guy and he asked him some questions and he didn't answer very well then he goes back to me and he goes pir huh what does that stand for and i was like parachute infantry regiment sergeant you know and then he goes i want this one and then he goes, all right, now go in there and do 504 push-ups for the 504th. So I'm in this room doing 504, <laughs> trying to get to 504 push-ups, you know. But this, Could you even do that many push-ups at that time? Dude, I didn't know. <laughs> I just started trying. I was scared. But this guy, um, eventually, you know, that's the first guy I met. But he was like this real strict person and he had mm. very high standards. Yeah. Because he's very scary to deal with. But like he put pressure on me that made me like perfect. Yeah. So he groomed me. And then um, when I became a PFC, it's like really unheard of. I had never deployed. I was a private first class. I was an E3. So to put it in perspective, there's only like two promotions you need to get to that point. Uh I'm brand new. Um, One of his leaders at the time kind of failed and he pulled me aside and he goes, hey, man, I know um, you're new, but you're my next guy. Okay, you're next in charge. And I was like, I was shocked. I was looking at him like, oh crap and he was, he just looked at me and he goes i know you can do it don't let me down so from then on i took over a small team and then i just kept growing from there i took over a squad later and i was very young um i was very low ranking every time like each position i was in i was like really low ranking because um I, a lot of people just saw potential in me they just kept promoting me to the next position to the next position 
And um, I think like the minimum time in there that you can earn the rank of sergeant is like two years. It's whatever the minimum time is. I had just barely made it by the month and I made E5. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like, I'd say they're like a year and six months or two years or something like that. I don't remember what it is, but um, I got E5 quick. So that was like very, um, uh, it was it was humbling, but then that's when I realized like I can, I'm capable, you know? Nice. Yeah. So then I was a sergeant, very young, uh, had only been in for like two and a half years. Yeah. And yeah, it, everything just kind of fell into place from there. Um, but the next, the next biggest accomplishment I have like prior, you know, at that time I had just shown competency. I had led a team in, um, combat okay. in, in Afghanistan in 2012, I think it was. And then uh, we came, everything was, you know, I had a successful time with my team there and my, my platoon and, um, with my battalion, Every, everything just seemed like we went, we went the way we trained for, you know? So we come back and then I get promoted to E5 and then we go again. Um, oh no, before I, before I went back to Afghanistan, I went to this school. I got nominated for the school. It was called uh, jump master school. So uh -huh. everyone shows up with airborne wings and everybody kind of has that for like a base. Like you're all supposed to be jump like certified to be able to jump out of planes. Right? Out of a parachute. Yeah. A parachute, yeah. So, um, this school is at Fort Bragg and they send leadership there. And cause you need guys to run the jumps. So to become a jump master, that's like the elite. That's like the next leadership level. Everybody wants this. You need yeah. it. It's so important, right? But the school is like so hard. They usually have about a hundred. At that time, they were only taking like classes of a hundred. And out of the hundred, they're telling me like, I, I don't know how accurate this is, but most people were like, yeah, usually like 20 or 30 will pass like out of the hundred. And a lot of those guys, like either half of them or more, they're there on their second attempt. It's just a really hard school, basically. You I know? see. So out of my class, um, only 17 had graduated from the from the class and it's this three-week course of like it's very grilling yeah your memory has to be like super sharp and you have to have like nerves of steel because you're performing all these tests and training under high pressure and in an airplane and then it's just there's just a lot of things to take into account and i actually passed that school on my first attempt as an e5 so i was the lowest ranking guy there uh -huh. um and people well, I remember the other um, 16 candidates were, you know, there's majors and first sergeants and there was like one staff sergeant there too. So he was a rank ahead of me, but I was the lowest ranking. And then, so we were talking and he was like, this major came and talked to me. He was like, what, what attempt is this for you? And I was like, my first. And it was at the end of the course where we were just finishing the final touches to get our, to graduate. Yeah. And then he goes like, huh. I guess they had to graduate somebody at your <laughs> rank. And I was like, wow, that's messed up. Uh -huh. Like he was basically saying like, they just like pity passed me, you know, uh -huh. like he just couldn't believe it. That's how like unreal it was. Oh, to him. I see. Cause everybody there was on their second attempt, but I was the only one there on my first attempt who was the lowest ranking and I passed, you know? Wow. So it was like 17 out of like hundred, you know? So that was a huge one for me after that. Um, that was where all like, I guess I developed like my highest, like, um, sense of responsibility okay because in the deployments your responsibility is at its highest lives are on the line you know mm -hmm. but then you come back and you think it's over but then again you take up this role as jump master and then the stress is still kind of like always there you have to be very careful so people's lives in, in your hands at that yeah, point. yeah hundreds you know you can fit if you fail somebody could die yeah right? exactly you can okay. fit like a hundred jumpers into a plane you stuff them in and then you, they all jump out you know um so some of these planes are bigger than others some of them hold more and more jumpers than some of the planes like there's times i jumped out of like this plane it was like a they call it a cessna it's uh -huh. a small we, we used to jump out of those little tiny like farm looking planes yeah and sometimes you jump out of like a chinook where it's like this helicopter with like the two rotors okay so but yeah anyway um you you're in charge of, there's like usually a team of four and you jump anywhere from like 60 to 100 troopers yeah and yeah, it's just a lot of responsibility because if somebody messes up and they die, like you're going to Fort Leavenworth probably, yep. you know? So you can spend time in like military prison if something like happens like that. So, so the army was like five years of your life. What would you say was this, some of the most important things you learned and from those, that experience that you still use nowadays, some of the values that you use now? Well, for one, I really appreciate my life. Mm -hmm. um 
going overseas especially and then you see how people live and what war looks like in a country and especially a third world country yeah i really took home like i, I took it for granted until then and then i realized like our lives are really good you know so i developed an appreciation for my life and especially okay. too for the fact that we came home safe um you know there's combat there like that's what you're going for so to come back safe is like very i'm very thankful for that um i'll never forget the leadership that guided me through those years mm -hmm. they all taught me something very good and i was able to kind of develop a, a better personality from it yeah because i went in as a kid and you know i came out that's when i feel like i grew up and became a man is after those times um you you suffer with these people you get pushed to your limits sometimes you don't know if you're gonna make it home um and then you're back and then it's like you just develop a new appreciation and i really feel fortunate for who i met in there because mm -hmm. i was lucky to meet those guys that that showed me the ropes and how to and i still carry those values to this day you know so that's awesome so fast forward a little bit you come back home um you start attending college yeah i was <clears throat> i was in the army and i was pulling guard one night on my second deployment and the deployment felt real um uneventful to me at that time the first deployment i was in gave me a real sense of purpose um the second deployment i just felt like you know it was during the we we're drawing we we're drawing down on that war we we're getting ready to pull out we we're in areas that weren't so crazy at the time and I was just thinking like, well, if we're not going to do this, like I need a different purpose. I can't just be, uh, they call them garrison soldiers. Like I can't just be like a soldier who's good at being an army in the United States. I, I joined to serve. I joined to deploy and I joined to, and like, kind of like be on the front lines. You know, I wanted to make a difference out there. And then um, when I became in leadership, my purpose was to train soldiers and deploy. And I wanted to see, you know, take them, lead them into combat. I just kind of lost motivation on that last appointment when we weren't doing anything. And so I thought like, well, if I am so successful in here, I wonder what my potential is in the outside of the army. Mm -hmm. So I, I was like, I wonder if I could be successful without this place. Is this, does this place define me? And I started asking all these like deep questions about like where I saw myself in the future. And then that's whenever I looked up like, well, what could I do? Like what, what's even possible? knew nothing about IT, knew nothing about computers. I just, I got off a of guard that night and I, I pulled out my computer. As soon as the first chance I got, I got on the computer and I looked up like, what's like the most successful jobs? What are the top paying jobs? And um, they're like, of course, you know, you get hit with like all the the doctor jobs and like, yeah. I, you know, I couldn't do that. It's just, I don't like seeing people hurt that much. So I kept going down the list. I landed on IT. I was IT. like, that seems pretty chill. And I don't have to break my back no more. I can be in the AC. They pay really good. And then maybe I can start spending more time with my son, who at the time, he, I just kept leaving him at home for all these trainings and deployments, you know. So I was looking forward to spending more time with him. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I just made, I just took a risk. It was a huge risk because I was pretty doing pretty well in the army, you know. So that was a scary, one of the scariest moments is like having to get out and trusting myself. Like, yeah, you doubt yourself so much, like you might make mm -hmm. the right choice. And, but yeah, I went to um, NMSU. And How many was, years were you there for? For five years. I, I moved to Las Cruces and I just grinded it out. I tried to, it was tough too, because I was bartending and driving back and trying to take care of my kids. And it was hard. It was a, it was a really hard test and, you know, to all like, Sometimes people say like, I don't know why you go to school. I don't know why this and that. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. But then after you graduate, then you realize like what, who you are after that, because it requires like such a, a sense of discipline. So for everyone out there who holds a college degree, like I understand how hard you worked. That's, it's tough. It really is tough. And I don't think, um, you know, we all have our own challenges based on like this, based on the, how tough each degree field is. Yeah. Um, but it's hard no matter what. So what's your degree in? Like bachelor's? Or? It's um. So it's it's called information engineering technology. Okay. Um. It's just basically a whole realm of all things IT related. Okay. Anywhere from like a little bit of you deal with a little bit of software, cybersecurity, networking. Then you look at different ways to code. You look at Python, C program, all this stuff, right? There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of like nerd classes basically I took. And I wasn't sure I was gonna like it and I didn't have no choice because my GI Bill is very strict. I could only stick with that program, couldn't change programs. If I did, 
they wouldn't pay for the remaining years that I was in there. Uh -huh. So I just had to trust my decision that I was going to like it. And I just had to just start it and finish it. There was like no way I could have paid for it otherwise, you know? Yeah. So um, I ended up liking one aspect of it. And it was the networking aspect when I got to those classes. I took two of those classes. And that's what really made me feel like, I guess, happy about my choice Okay. to get into IT. And then I was able to start interning real slowly at the end of the mountain gods with their it department yeah under um michelle henson yeah and then um yeah when i graduated i kind of just slipped right right into the it department which was pretty cool nice. so I, I became a, a network admin with carson carrillo yeah yeah and we just we ran the networking aspect of it together and he's the one who showed me the ropes showed me around and he kind of like gave me like all the basics like in my in like in college i didn't really go over too many of like the basics of computers i went through all these programmings and stuff and all these like more difficult classes but when i was like placed in the workforce i didn't know like all the easy stuff if that makes sense uh -huh. so carson like helped bridge that gap he showed me everything he knew then he got me up to speed and then yeah we became a good team and um uh, we did networking for like two years together in there wow two, two years, two years yeah. did you ever think you could be picked to be a uh, tribal administrator well <sighs> it's hard to like a lot of people always tried to push me in that sense especially people who are close to me because they always like tell me like oh you're smart you should try to run for this you should try to run for that and stuff but i always like shook it off like no that's not for me that's not for me i'd hate it i can't stand it i don't like the way this runs i don't then um over the years i was thinking you know if i'm doing all this complaining about it why don't i just become the solution instead of complaining mm -hmm. you know so and i was one of those guys to be honest i really complained about everything and i talked crap about like everything you know that was like a more toxic side of me when i was um, a little bit younger and then i realized like you know you can make a difference if you want so slowly i started to like entertain the idea that i could like do things like this you know um <clears throat> so whenever i was first kind of talking about this job and entertaining the idea of taking the tribal administrator position um i really had to think about like what it would mean to me because i know it's such an important position and i didn't want to take this position if i wasn't like all in if i wasn't committed and if i didn't want to do it for the right reasons yeah but um i feel for one uh, a lot of my the people that are closest to me telling me like you'd be good for it even you you yeah. were telling me dude i mm -hmm. think you'd be perfect for that job you're... then all the good things people said about me kind of yeah. got to me and then i started thinking like maybe i do have something to share with the world or at least our community you know <clears throat> so i <laughs> it's hard to understand like at what point i decided yes this is what i want to do but what i do know is um i want to make a big difference i really do i, I want to impact um, the best in the best way possible. I, I want to make an impact on this position, the perception of this position. I've always heard a lot of things about people have a hard time approaching the tribal administrator or maybe they don't like it and stuff. And now I'm up to bat and mm -hmm. I have to put my best foot forward and try it myself, you know? You're barely scratching the surface right now. It's going to be maybe your first week training, but, um, what is your biggest plan so far? The, the biggest plan that I have, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a plan, but the, the biggest thing that I, I want to do is I want to be fair. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to be honest. And I really want to show people that I, that I care, you know, because I, I always cared very deeply mm -hmm. about everything and everyone. I've been, um, I kind of, it kind of like ugh, forced me to become like this emotional person. I'm really emotional. But I understand myself pretty well that well enough to know I, I just care a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I really do want to help and I want to be there for people like genuinely and, you know, try to just be a good leader. And if, if I have any real skills, like how everyone's been telling me, like um, all the faith that they have in me, um, I would like to share them and just do my best to to make an impact and, and be positive, kind of like a positive role in this. I'm going to try my best, you know? Nice. Um, what's the biggest difference that you want to make in the, with this position? Mm, 
I it's I guess the biggest difference that I want to make is I want to be I want to lead by I just want to be a good leader, I guess, because, you know, this is a leadership role. And the biggest difference that I want to achieve here is to just be like, I guess, the best leader I can be and let people have actual like confidence in me. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, it takes me a while to kind of figure the job out, like I'm going to make it a point to do good at this and I'm going to make it a point to uh, and everything I've ever done. I feel like I've always done pretty good at, or I figure it out. I am a slow learner, admit, uh -huh. but I, when I do get it, I really get the job, you know? So, um, I want to bring professionalism to this position okay. and I want, I want to do things fairly and, and just, um, help as much as I can. And, and I hope that people can view me as somebody who like really cares, you know? Yeah, definitely. So all of Working working at the inn uh, these past two years, have you been hearing a lot about what tribal members really want and, and need? Um, well, the the most we, we get a lot of feedback just like doing the podcasts, you yeah. know, like people always tell us like, oh, you guys should ask about this and ask about that. So we've kind of like playing the middleman. It goes down the list like this for me. It goes housing. I mean, it goes transparency, housing, uh, all the economic stuff drugs and alcohol and down the line and then it goes like what are you gonna <coughs> what are you gonna do for the people and the language and stuff like that yeah so like the higher the yeah. language yes yeah, sorry yeah. i forgot that so i agree with you there and um already like people that found out i have this position they've been reaching out in terms of housing i had a couple of people and i'm just like letting them know like hey i'm not i haven't even like done any training at all with the current administrator i haven't um, gone to any of the trainings they're going to send me to now. So I've got, I've got a basic understanding of this job, a pretty solid grasp, Okay. but I'm not going to speak too soon unless I know everything like perfectly, you know, yeah. that's just kind of how I am. I'd like to be tedious and thorough if I'm going to talk about all of my responsibilities, my limitations and everything like that. But, um, so if, um, if it comes down to like, let's say three weeks in and I got like a solid grasp of like all my responsibilities and everything. And we have like another podcast, like that would be cool to talk about too then. But so would, would you say that'd be a great way to be transparent with the people? Because that's the main thing. People just want travel members just want to know like what's going on, I think. Yeah. And they want they want to be heard like they want the truth. They don't want to go dig around. Yeah. And I don't want to like step on anyone's toes who if there's like any. Um, if anyone in our administration already has ideas about addressing the transparency, yeah, but definitely if I can uh, volunteer to help and uh, bridge that gap, I'll definitely help with that. Awesome. Like any, any way I can, because you know, it's, it's like your, it's like your duty. If, yes. If you yeah. have, a, especially if that's like always the number one concern for the people. So, um, we'll see how, we'll see what opportunities I have, but I just, I can't speak on anything that I don't know yet. Like what I'm going to be able to do. I, I can't make any promises. And that's kind of like the main reason why I want to have this podcast. Cause yeah. I, I do want to let people know, like, yes, I do. I do have a lot to learn and, um, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I'm thorough with my learning okay. and that I understand my responsibilities, like to the best of my ability. And I, I do have a deep responsibility to dive into what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be taking care of, how I'm supposed to treat like the directors of all the departments that I'm going to be working with. Cause I, I understand I'm going to have a very close relationship with the directors of all, like all of the department, the, the departments in Mescalero. Do you know how many departments? I think there isn't there. It's like in the thirties, like 38, oh, 36 wow. or something like that. There's a lot of departments. Um, how many directors are there? Do you know? I, I think, I think that many, About right? About that 30? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so whenever everywhere that i've gone like even like with it um i've always just noticed like that's like one director i don't know if there's except for when you go to roads and utilities like those guys there um there used to be damien morgan and um chris little down there yeah and like one had like roads and one had utilities so yeah but each yeah but um each department usually kind of has like that kind of hierarchy so um but yeah i i have a really deep responsibility a really strong responsibility um, to make sure that I'm thorough with this and I want to be as precise as possible 
um, especially when it comes to like handling like any situation. I'm not I'm not trying to come in here and act like I know everything. I'm not going to come in here cocky and like trying to like lay the law down. You know, I really my first mission is to develop like a really good working relationship with all the directors okay. and all the people that I really like have to like work with. Um, that's my first goal. I, I really want to be develop like that strong um, team level type of communication and trust. Is you that know? something you learned from the military? Yeah. Uh, first thing that you got to do is just uh, establish like your trust. Like what? Whenever your person first comes into a squad, it's this or a platoon. Uh-huh. What do you know? What are your credentials? And what are your intentions here? You know, do you plan on staying here? Do you plan on making us? You know, all all those small questions, and then then you look at work ethic. And then you, you start to assess like what kind of person that, and that's kind of like what I'm carrying here because that's like the most professional environment I've ever worked in. Uh-huh. And I don't think that anything's going to be higher than that as what, far as What like is the most professional environment? The army. The army? Okay. Yeah. So everything that I take, I took from there, you know, I'll, I'll transfer here. Um, li- lives are going to be affected by, by this job. Yes. And so I have to really uh, be very serious and with how much work I put into learning this position, you know, okay. so in this next two weeks, I'm going to be um, probably doing a lot of left seat, right seat with uh, Lola. She's the current tribal administrator. Yeah. And then from there, I'm going to try to develop the best working relationship I can with um, the directors of the departments. And of course, with um, Thora and Dwayne and the current administration, like I, I really need to take, um, you know, I need to take my relationship with all the rest of the administration very serious to make sure it's very positive mm-hmm. and that we all want to work together because I'm going to need all the help I can. I'm going to have a lot of questions. Um, and then the next thing after that, I just, um, I, I really want to be as professional as possible. I want to, I want to follow, I want to do my best to follow the rules. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be, give anyone the idea like I'm doing favors for people or because, you know, favors for like, one individual is not going to benefit like the tribe as a whole. Exactly. I think that's going to hurt us. Yeah. Um, especially if people think that I'm like, like favoring like a cousin. I was going to make sure that I'm always working by the book, um, mm-hmm. that I'm well within reason. And I'll obviously use my counsel. I'm sure um, if I have any questions, like already the administration there has been super supportive. Yeah. And they've all been very positive to me. They think I can do the job well. And so tomorrow I'm going, tomorrow I actually get to um, talk with Lolo um, a lot about what I'm supposed to be doing at the currently and like what um, her, how she's been doing things. She's going to give me like all her tips and tricks and um, show me around basically. So that's going to be interesting. And yeah, from there. You you seem very passionate about all this. Um, What would you say is the main thing that you care about as far as the average tribal member or the tribe in general? Well, uh, I, my, my biggest hope is that every tribal member can have faith in me, especially if they're coming to me for a serious situation. And, and it's going to be, if mm-hmm. anyone's, why should they have faith in you? Well, I, I really want them to feel that I am being honest, you know, that I'm actually like being very like caring about their problem and they're not just like another number to me so I can clock out and go home. Um, I want everyone to actually feel like I'm doing a good job for them and I'm looking out for them and stuff. And, I, I really want to share my friendliness and, you know, I, I want people to feel comfortable coming to me with what they have. Um, you know, granted, there's going to be a lot of people. I'm sure I'm not going to be able to please everybody. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Um, uh, and uh, there's I, I might even develop enemies out of this, you know, but I'm not going to go in there um, not bringing my best. You know, mm-hmm. I, I am going to bring my best and I'm, I'm going to take this probably the most serious I've ever taken anything because at this age, you know, I'm 33, about to be 34. Uh-huh. I, I feel like I have a better grasp over my personality and um, who I am as a person. And, and I feel like I have more awareness about what I'm doing now. And the gravity of the situation now has got me like, it's got some pressure on me, but it's like in a good way, you know, I want to do, I just really want to do a good job, you know, awesome. that's just what effort are you going to put in? towards this well i i'm probably not it's it's gonna consume me i know it's already consuming me um i'm thinking about so many things right now with like uh, i'm probably overthinking it like i overthink everything Uh and i have this i always have this like sense of paranoia and that's probably like what keeps me in line to always like be good at what i do yeah i'm always paranoid i'm like not trying hard enough 
or I'm not doing like a good enough job. And then I'm always paranoid. Like I'm not treating people like how they're supposed to be when I'm working with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think the amount of effort I put into this is going to be just whatever I have left in the tank. I'm just going to keep putting how, you know, I'm going to be tired. I know I'm going to be losing a lot of sleep. I know for sure. And then there's going to be times I know I'm working late and stuff, but, um, I just want to put maximum effort into, into the job. I yeah. don't, I don't want to be like kind of giving it the, I don't want to go home and I'm like, should I have gone home at this time? And, or should I have taken one more person or should I have checked on this one more thing? I, I really want to be thorough, you know? So, um, it's, it, it might be a little bit exhausting at first trying to keep up with that kind of energy, but I, I don't really want to get comfortable, especially in the beginning, you yeah. know, you, you're supposed to be putting your best foot forward. So yeah, I'll be putting everything I have into it. What do you see? What are some of the goals, uh, that you have for the tribe? Um, well, I don't know if I have like actual goals, like for the tribe itself. I think, um, if I was to like make, make goals for the tribe, I, would, I might be speaking on behalf of like what other people mm -hmm. might need to be involved with too. So, okay. Um, well, what are some of those goals for just for this position? For this position? Um, I, I kind of touched on it already before, but um, main thing is I want to be like honest. I want to be fair. I want to be caring. I want to make a difference. Okay. Like a real difference. I, I don't, and I want to make this, um, I just want to do well. I just want to do a good job in this. And it's always my, I'm very competitive too. And, and I'm, I'm like thinking in my mind, like what's going to make you stand up? What's going to make you the best tribal administrator that there's ever been? Or what's going to set the new bar? So how, how am I going to um, talk to people? How am I going to address? How am I going to portray myself now? Um, things like that. And I I have a, a couple things I need to work on as a person, I admit. Um, like personal things that I need to clean up as far as like um, in my personal life. I have to like uh, on my personality traits, you know, I have a temper and things like that. So I have to like really be really work on every aspect of myself and I have to be healthy as possible and um and I take care of my body like everything I'm gonna give everything to this position I'm not just gonna show up lacking sleep my diet's horrible I'm not going to the gym anymore uh, my 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 mental my mental game is kind of down this week I'm, I'm not gonna allow anything like that anything I can control I'm gonna do my best to keep it like at its top shape you know nice Wow, you you said a lot. I think you said it great. Uh, and uh, me personally, I don't think there's anybody better, but for this position, but you. So, congratulations. That's <laughs> that's really awesome. Uh, is there any is there anybody that you'd like to thank or any any shout outs that you want to give, just uh, on this whole journey? Yeah, um, I definitely want to thank all everyone who's given me like some sort of like pat on the back, or I know I knew you could do this, or. A lot of people have been saying that I did like a really good job with the inauguration. And um, so my confidence really lifted in the past couple of weeks from all like, you know, the nice things people have been telling me. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been complimenting me and telling me like, you know, I deserve it and things like that. It, it does feel good to feel like I belong in here. Yeah. Especially too. I'm very hard on myself, um, especially like to my own like standards. So to have all those you know, congratulations and all that stuff's been been great. So thank you to everyone who's said anything nice to me like that. And of course, um, all my cl all the people close to me. You know, mm -hmm. uh, thank you to you for always boosting me up and doing this podcast with me. My none of this might not even come true without the podcast. You know, because we started interviewing people, and then my personality's out there now. And Thor was like, "You seem like a great fit for this MC thing. Let's try it out. I have faith in you." You know, so thank you to for starting this podcast with me and um, you. My, you know my girlfriend april she's been taking all of the stress every day <laughs> let's give her a big shout out big shout out to april i i, I haven't been the the easiest going guy uh, ever since um all my stress came about for inauguration and preparing for it yeah um you know my my son he's been great too he's he's always has a lot of faith in me you know all those car rides home and logan the logan yeah, yeah he's been awesome um thank you to thora for having faith in me for all of this you know she's really been uh, putting me in these positions mm -hmm. there's so many people there's so many people thank you to all my 
my uncle Gabe for making me strong-minded the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my best friend Nog for um, being such a great friend growing up. And when we were young, he gave me a competitive mind because that's all we did was compete. Oh, really? against each other against you know i'm just blessed dude i'm blessed by everybody that there's been someone who's taking care of me everywhere out there like his his late mom and um i used to spend a lot of time with like different families out there and yeah everybody's shown me love somewhere you know i just i feel like uh mescalero is like is is my home my heart yeah i just uh it's it's hard to think about everybody i want to think but you're definitely a success story you know that whole saying that that saying that all these kids are saying you got it out the mud you know the rappers you really got it out the mud you got you came from nothing you went to the army you came back you got your college degree been working and now i mean with you as the tribal administrator i think this tribe is going to do some great things I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, looking back at the childhood and, you know, me and my mom struggled a lot. Yeah. And, you know, times weren't always easy. Sometimes times were good. Um, I'm not trying to, like, put my story out there as a sob story when I was a kid, but uh, Mescalero is kind of a hard place to grow up yeah. sometimes. And for, all, for everybody. For yeah. everybody, yeah. But I didn't really think, um, you know, when up from, like, 15 to 20, 21, I was a terrible kid. I was wild. I would never imagine this is like the type of role I'd be taking, you know. Uh, I was just, you know, living kind of crazy and wild then. But, you know, you have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to realize, like, you know, at some point you have to mature, you know. Yeah. It, it was a long journey to to do all that and to look all the way back to where I came from to who I am now. It's like very um, shocking even for me, you know. I see. Yeah. So, but yeah, thank you to everybody who's done something for me. I don't, I don't know. Don't feel bad if I missed you. I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> All right. So we're going on almost an hour right now. Is there any last things we want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm good. Um, I think it was just kind of like cool to have a podcast and be able to talk about this new position because yeah. why not? You know, right? This is a perfect place. Yeah. And anybody else that wants to come talk, we're here for you. But, um, so you don't have nothing else to say, huh? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. All right, well let's hear it one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to Riding on the Wall Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard, and if anything, inspire our community.